This is Van Electric Ghost, and we're live on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter channels with Amy Scruggs for the first time. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Now, we are on Newsly, and they're another um, podcast app that will actually take this video and convert it to audio so you can stop scrolling and start listening. So use coupon code GHOST2021, and that will still work. You get one month free premium subscription, and this podcast will be on Newsly after we are off the air. So thank you very much again for being on the program. We love to talk to uh, all kinds of creators and musicians, and it's really awesome to be able to do that as a, as a Michelle of talking to other musicians. And during the pandemic, you know, this has been something I've been really doubling down on podcasting. <laughs> I know so, myself as well. <laughs> so I always like to ask musicians, like, like what age did you get into music? When do you remember? that music was important to you? Oh, I completely remember it because I, and my family still tells this story. I actually climbed up onto a piano bench and started playing at the age of three. And wow. by the age of about four, I was singing as well. So the family knew, okay, there's something different here. And nobody else was musical in my family. So it was, it was something that really caught their attention. And they knew that they wanted to put me into piano lessons. And they met with the teacher who said I was too small and my little fingers were too small. So she made me wait till I was five. So I started five. actually piano at five, but singing was really the number one for me. And I started practicing singing. If you asked me when I was that young, what I was going to be when I grew up, I always said Barbara Mandrell. I was going to be Barbara Mandrell. So oh, wow. <laughs> there was definitely that, that influence there. And I just knew that that was what I was going to do. That's really interesting because I've talked to about 150 artists since 2016. And a lot of artists start the age you're talking about, that they, yes. they seem to, to have the muse or something comes into them and they just know mm -hmm. they want to be a musician, whether they're you know, they, they, they come back to it, go in and out of it, but always it's something core to their whole like being. You know, being right, I really think we're born with it. I agree. I, I understood melodies. I was singing along with harmonies as a very small child. It was just ingrained in me. And my parents put me into the small little children's choirs and things like that and was always singing at the church. And while the other kids were just kind of squirreling around and flailing, I always took it very seriously. I was a very serious little kid choir person. <laughs> so I think I just knew instinctively that this was the path I would take. And it's never stopped. Well, I'm always uh, like as a producer myself, I'm I'm always very interested in, you know, vocalists because being a vocalist, that's an instant. Your voice is your instrument. Um, yes. And a lot of people, you know, they, they you know, they look at, oh, what do you play? And I said, well, your voice is the instrument. So if you have <laughs> the singer in the band, it's like if they can reach those notes and they can present, you know, I, I got into singing late as a keyboardist because I realized like no one's going to listen to me unless I actually sing. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that you brought that up. Yes, it's it's so true. I was actually just having this conversation. My youngest, I two of my kids ended up being musicians. My youngest daughter, she plays five instruments. But when people ask her, she says, I play six because she counts her voice. She goes, my voice is also an instrument and it counts. And I love that she already realizes that as well. It's real important because, you know, you think about it, when you think about the people like Mariah Carey and, you know, you, you, you get these people like you know, great classic Nat King Cole. You know, in the age of um, before Dylan, you know, voice was very important in music. Right. You had to have like a real high quality voice. You couldn't even get to Columbia unless you were like at like Nat King Cole. Right. You, know, you, you couldn't even, right. even think about getting in the gate if you couldn't do that. Um, right. But 
but then Dylan kind of changed that whole thing and said, oh, you can, you could be different. You actually could focus on the lyrics. You could focus on other things. But as a, so when did you start feeling that you could write your own music? Cause a lot of people they'll start with choir they'll start with, you know, church, they'll, they'll be playing other people's music. Did you actually start writing your own music very early? <laughs> Here's what's funny about that. I, I knew that that wasn't my strongest skill set. My voice was my, the piano playing, my creativity, my ability to go uh, sell myself, my stage presence, you, you know, all of that that goes with it. So I was smart. I raised my own. My oldest son started playing for me at 16, toured with me nationally. He's been on all the major stages with me. He writes a lot of our music. And awesome. so a lot of the stuff we do in the live show and a lot of our originals actually are my son, which I, he is an extension of me. So did I write it? I mean, I had some influence helping him as we fine tuned it and he knew how to just write for me and for my voice and, and, and now writes uh, a lot of stuff for himself as well. And then a lot of the music that I've recorded and even the songs I have on radio now are actually from top writers in Nashville. So mm -hmm. my favorite part is actually appreciating the songwriter and realizing there's so many incredible writers out there that want to have their songs cut. And I knew what my role was and I stayed in my lane and I look for those great songs. Well, I think that's great because that's kind of like the old studio system was that that's that there were people who were singers. If you think about all the Motown, yes. you had like Smokey was writing all the songs and maybe Marvin was writing them, but everybody else, like the Four Tops and all the Martha and the Vendetta, they were all singers. Mm -hmm. It was very rare that they actually wrote. You get a guy like Marvin Gaye, he would write, you know, and Smokey, they would write. But most of the people were just they're singers, and and right. that's that, 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 an issue. When you have people like in the Four Tops, those singers are like unbelievable. Temptations, like unbelievable range, and the focus of being able to focus on your instrument is yes. probably kind of freeing in some ways instead of having Absolutely. to do everything. And I love the song search process. I mean, yes, from a financial standpoint, do I wish that I was the writer and publisher of the music that I have out there, especially one that's you know on on a hit out on radio. Sure. But again, I knew my lane and the, and from a creativity standpoint and then from the artist standpoint, I really enjoyed the song searching pro process. I mean, for this last mm -hmm. EP that I just did, we went through a thousand songs that were pitched to us through different publishers and writers in Nashville, a oh, thousand wow. to narrow it down to a five song EP. But I found that very fascinating and really starting to grasp how different songs are put together, what I was looking for, being able to identify myself as an artist to know what am I looking for rather than just anything random. I was really looking for a specific style, specific sound, definitely specific um, lyrical content. And being able to narrow that down and learn myself as I was searching those right songs was, I feel like it was just as exciting of the process as going in and recording them. I felt like yeah. I, you know, I climbed Mount Everest, picking these five <laughs> songs and finally making to the studio. We were like, we've chosen. And the amount of, and we did all this over Zoom because it was during the pandemic. Yeah. And to take that time and have all these Zoom meetings and and my my uh, a &R representative and my producer, Fred Mullen, you know, the three of us together saying, okay, we each get a veto. We each get to say and deciding what was going to be right for that right sound and, and having the input from my producer, knowing what he was going to do with it instrumentally and production wise and quality wise, that he would see something I didn't see. And my A&R knowing, okay, what's going to resonate with the audience, he would see something I didn't see. And then the three of us together made these decisions. And I thought the collaboration part of that as well was really fun. That's very important because one thing being a singer songwriter myself is um, I have to have a whole team of people that challenged me because a lot of times what happens is like 
because you know I don't I get tunnel vision on what I think is the better song. Right. And if I have my team around me, they say, "Hey, you know, the one you think is the is the one. That's not the one." Like, right. We get emotionally one, attached to something that might not resonate with everybody else. Yeah, the, the, your your A and R guys and the, and the engineers and the producers say, "Hey, that's the one," and you're like, yep. "That's not the one." It's like, "Yeah, it is." <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. And you know, we knew it in the studio when we went in to finally lay those songs down. There was the one that we finished, and the producer he goes, "Oh my God, everybody, that's the hit," and he was yeah. right. Well, that's where you have to have good judgment. Because even Prince, you know, he was such a big star. He had a hard time actually picking the right song. Warner's ended up picking the right songs. Most <laughs> wow. of the time, if you read the history about him, the songs he would pick wouldn't have done it. You know, it's it's the ones that Warner's actually picked, you know, the, the, the lead singles, singles. And yeah. when he picked them, they didn't do as well. Um, so it, it's really interesting. Like the guy of that caliber, singer-songwriter, Kate, really amazing. But he had a hard time judging which song was actually going to connect with the audience. And so right. I think it is real important to have that team. Right. If, you, if, you, if a guy like Prince couldn't figure it out, then like you probably <laughs> exactly. need people around you. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, well, I liked the, I liked the range of this one, or I liked the tempo of this one, or I thought this lyric, you know, spoke to me and it changed my life, you know? So there might be something like that, that I'm looking at, but that's not what's going to just kind of, give it that it factor that makes other people just want to turn it up, sing along, what's really going to resonate with a larger, broader audience. Now, when you're building an EP, because this is kind of like a Spotify world where everybody's playlisting, yes. and when you build something like an EP or album, was that part of the hard process to actually find the songs that work together yes. in, in, in a combination? Yes. And, and went back and forth on, gosh, do I take the time and put the extra into doing the full album? And I thought, you know what? No, I really... Again, it was during the pandemic and I was piggybacking this on releasing my book that had just come out. So this was a bigger part of my entire package of my public speaking, my media oh, coaching, right. releasing the book. And then I wanted to have that song that went with it as I showcase both of my businesses and, and side by side, because the music's always been first. And mm -hmm. professionals and individuals out there that have known me only as a TV host the last five years or only know me as a media coach, they're like, what, she sings? I'm like, well, you, yeah, let's look at my resume and the years touring and what I've done as an artist. That yeah. artist side of me always came first. So I was trying to release a project that encompassed the positivity that I bring as a media coach, you know, who I am as a TV host, who I am as a public figure. And so it was, it was a difficult process, but those five had to, they had to all really speak to positivity without being too bubblegum sappy, right? Yeah, I think so that's really, I think that's the big thing when you're putting together music, you know, a lot of times you have to have the vision to like the stagecraft of it when you actually take, put it on stage. And yes. then like the actual, like if you're, if you're doing multiple media, like if you're like, you're doing the acting, you're doing hosting, you're doing uh, mentoring, that type of thing. Yes. I think um, being a life coach, that, that puts you in a different category. So you, the, the choices you make when you're presenting your your project it exactly. becomes like a holistic thing. You know, like if you try to think about it, like a concept album, like Tommy. Right, know, right. That, that was like presented as a rock opera. Right. So it was and different it, how you presented it, how you had to like. It know, had to fit my branding and yeah, it had to yeah. fit 
what I was already foreseeing two years from then on what my marketing, what my career looked like, the, the type of um, public uh, engagements that I was going to be speaking at, things like that. It had to encompass so that they could be cohesive. And it was really funny, even in the song searching process, uh, we got into one of the meetings with, with the publishers and, and Fred, my producer, he goes, listen, she's a mature artist. I don't want any beer. I don't want any trucks. And I don't want any tattoos. I want positive <laughs> music. And it has to fit her professionalism, her age. I mean, I'm going to say my age because it's true. I'm not a 20 year old artist. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a mature no, professional, and so yeah, it had to match. The, yeah, because the vibe today with a lot of artists is like really heavy into tattoos, lip body art. There's a lot of stuff like like the younger artists. Yes. I'm 54, so it's like I'm not. I don't have all of that ink. I don't right. fit that. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm um, about to turn 50, and I'm out there, you know, with a song on the radio, and I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, and it had to represent my youthful spirit, but yet the realist. Mm-hmm of okay what my age and what my demographic is i know i know my target audience so do you work as a musician a lot of times because you've got all these other legs to your career yeah. uh, but like a lot of musicians we we are branching into like sync licensing so how 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 far do you go into that do you do a lot of sync licensing with your work um no not it, it's interesting um this was really a learn as i go process here on this because i was already with my media coaching, you know, as I help professionals with being comfortable on camera, doing interviews. I was, I help a lot of professionals get ready for national broadcasts, things like that, public speaking. So there's so much that I was already doing with that and releasing this project really kind of came in the back door last minute went, Ooh, yeah, why not? So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm grateful that everything went smooth as far as just, you know, the licensing and getting it out there and the mechanicals and everything else. But I haven't gone bigger with the umbrella as far as sync licensing and, and, and the larger yeah, well, part of the branding. Well, you have these other legs. So you're already yes. doing things that you can, you found a way that you maybe you can incorporate. You already have like a way to kind of internally connect it to all well, the legs. Completely. I'll yeah. give you an example. Yesterday, I, I had an amazing opportunity to be a keynote speaker for a huge business conference for women in business in Southern California. So there was a thousand women in this conference room, you know, big, beautiful ballroom. And I'm the keynote speaker. And because my song is positive, it's called What If It All Goes Right? <laughs> and, and it was completely perfect for the topic. I, I was able to, to have all my speaking notes and have my PowerPoint up there and inspire and engage them and help them be comfortable and, and get and realize today's digital media and doing podcasts like this and being on TV is really relevant for building your business. But then I got to switch gears, put that artist hat on, and I finished the conference with performing my song, What If It All Goes Right? Wow, so sweet. I visualized that several years ago, that I'm in front of the larger audiences now doing both simultaneously. Well, that's awesome, because you didn't even just, just run it in the back as like a soundtrack. You actually were able to perform it, which yes. must have been really, really great to be able to, you know, being a musician, a lot of us, like, that's the thing we want to do the most. If you ever ask a musician, yeah. like, performing is like, it's like breathing. You, you want to do it. You'll go like yes. anywhere to do it. And if you get an opportunity to do it when it's part of something else, it's like, yeah, I can kind of, I can slide that in. <laughs> you know, right. Always, and it sets me apart yeah. as a, as a speaker and a recording artist that I can do both in one event. You get, you get both two for the price of one here. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's a lot of conventions, like there's a men's mental health conventions and I've been like invited and, you know, they, they weren't really thinking about having any musicians actually play. And then it's like, Oh, well, Keith plays well, maybe he could do that. So yeah. You know, you know it's not a shame that that's work. the case. Not yeah, to digress. Yeah. But I think it's a shame that more events don't consider bringing in live musicians, giving them the work and the opportunity 
There should be more live music at these, I, I call corporate events or mm. inspirational events. That, I mean, the difference in the energy that I saw in the room by doing a live song like that, people were up on their feet. They were cheering. It was like, wow. The, I think that I wish we could change the narrative of a lot of these great conventions that take place and say, you know, give those musicians a chance to perform. Let them inspire as well. I, I think, think that's do, really important. Just, I was talking on a different um, podcast app called Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of podcast um, people there. They're like life coaches and things. And a lot of times I kind of slide in the idea that music is part of life, that music can be like mentoring. It can be like coach, being a life coach. Yes. Because a song can, can, can be the soundtrack to your life. They can drive actions. They can drive all kinds of things. So to think that music is just, just a lane, I'm just going to listen to it when I jog, right? That, that that's kind of undervaluing music that you can Completely. actually, and I try to go on that platform and challenge some of the, the hosts there and actually try to integrate how music can fit into what they're talking about. And it, I, brilliant. It absolutely should. Let's take this on the road. You and I, let's go hit these conventions and tell them this is what they need to do because <laughs> it does imagine how we can tap into an emotion within an instant through music. And the difference yeah. that can make. And if you're bringing people together to inspire them and in increasing their sales or their business or motivational or transformational or whatever these, these events are, imagine what a song could do in three minutes to already lay that foundation for what these speakers are going to come in and bring. Well, you see on political rallies, like they're always trying to get like play Fleetwood Mac or something. Yes. Go, because they, like they try to get, you know, like like Bruce Springsteen, they try to get born in the USA. I think right. was using, different people because they realize that like music has that power. It can motivate faster than like anything, you know, it does. Because instantly. It, yeah. It's just an instantaneous, like people have the memory. They have like yep. a sound painting picture of a soundtrack. It's like this right. like movie picture in their head. Everybody who hears the song put that, puts that picture in their head, you know? Yes. And it, it creates a shared experience moment with everybody in that audience. They're all it's experiencing it at the exact same time. I think it's the best way to communicate just because, you know, as a, as a poet and a musician, I find I can actually say more with a lyric or a poem yes. because that's just the way I am. And so when I talk in music, I probably am more direct than I am when I talk, right? right. I actually can say it cl a clearer point of view and it will actually get to the point people will get what I'm doing uh, compared right. to if I try to keep on rambling about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can um, help I with just, that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, it's, it's, that's why I find it's very useful. And it's, it's interesting that, that, yeah, this whole idea that getting conventions to bring more musicians, to bring themes to corporate yes. events through music, I think it's a really good, good synergy. I think people and local artists would love to have the work. Yeah. Well, given the fact that we need the work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, Let's start the movement. Good, Let's start the movement together. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pitch. That's a very good pitch. So, uh, yeah. So, so your album, um, the EP, when did it drop? Is it already out? So we dropped it in January and it's called Love Another Day. And the first single release is What If It All Goes Right, which is still going right now. It's still, we're still in the first single. I haven't released, they're, they're, they're um, available for download on the streaming platforms, but mm. the out on radio and the big promotion has been What If It All Goes Right. And what is so fun about that, especially with a title, What If It All Goes Right, you can't worry about it. If I worried about the song doing well, then it's, it's completely yeah. undoing the title and the whole theme and message of the song. So yeah. to put it out there and say, you know what, if one person... If it resonates with one person, 
and they're inspired by this song, then I've done a good job. If it reaches a million people, then I've done a great job. And so I've taken this um, really great approach this year of just not having expectations on this music. I recorded this music from my passion, from knowing how I wanted to integrate it into my already developed businesses. And so for me, it wasn't, this wasn't a do or die. This was a, oh my gosh, they're letting me do this again. Wait, I'm a, oh my gosh, I get to do this at this age again and, and still, re, yeah. you know, fulfill my passions and, and haven't put limits on it. And to see this song out there doing so well has just, it's been awesome. Every time it gets a new little success or something, I go, oh, well, isn't that cool? This song yeah. is so inspiring people and I love it. Well, it is kind of like a young people's game. I'm 54 and people, I actually started kicking like, you know, in 2017, you know, you know, and so in most of my career, like nobody knew who, I, who the heck I was. And I just stuck with it because I stuck with music because I love it. Right. Yeah. And if I didn't, if I, if I was trying to make money, I would have never done it. Right. right. I, I just did it because I'm a producer and I'm a writer and I'm a player and I just wanted to play. And if I'm, you know, play people to play with and everything. But like the fact that there's a lot of people our age that are actually doing okay. They're actually breaking through and people yeah. are saying, oh, you, you can't do that. It's like, anybody ever Watch tells me. you what you can't do? Yeah. It's like, forget them. <laughs> yes. I'm breaking barriers, especially, you know, as a, as a female artist, uh, it was really fun to see some barriers get broken and to change that narrative and hopefully inspire and motivate other musicians that might feel like, Oh, is it too late for me? And, Oh, well, that didn't work. N never give up on playing. Just keep putting it out there. Just keep living in your passion because if anything, as you, you know, as a fellow artist, it, it rejuvenates our own spirit and our own heart and our own soul regardless. So yeah, you never know what opportunities to get, you know, you get, yeah. you find out, you put something out there and I've got people in Japan. Yeah. I actually is working with this artist in Japan because I dug what she was doing a her on the nice. podcast and now we get to work together. And a lot of what I like the podcast for is it's a whole community. It's like a right. collective. I've gone and done like bedroom producer festivals where every artist I've ever interviewed, I do like a three day festival and we do an online concert. Everybody does like 30 minutes from their bedroom. How and fun. we call it the bedroom producer thing. And we get a lot of people to, we had 20 bands to go like three days. That's like great. In, in February. And and from that, people went and collaborated with each other. I had bands that actually said, hey, I really like this band from Australia and I'm from Latvia. Hey, let's do something. And I just loved it. The fact that I brought a community together and they all started connecting and working on things without me like telling them to do it. They just kind of happened. And I think that right. that's kind of why I'm into music. Because I think that's, that's the the cool thing about it. It's so awesome, isn't it? The collaborations, the friendships, the connections, the bonds, it just, it transcends. I, I, I just love it. It's been really fun for me to see the global reach that music can take, can take now as well. I've, I put my music out there on airplay direct, which got it out to global radio. It's a fantastic platform. I'm so yeah. thankful for it. And now I've, I've had the best radio interviews and meeting, uh, meeting stations and, and, people promoting the music all over the world. And it's so yeah. fun. It's so fun yeah. to try to figure out what time zone it is and how I'm going to, you know, call out a country. Yeah. I wake up like six in the morning to talk to somebody in Sweden or I talk <laughs> right. to somebody in Iceland or I'm talking to somebody in, in Japan. I have to get up like early. Is that me? I mean, like we couldn't do that like 15 years ago. <laughs> Not like we're doing now. Not like this. Yeah, I mean, as an independent artist, I, I, I mean, I'm talking to somebody in Australia. I was talking yep. to this heavy metal band in Australia, and I'm like, it was just fantastic that, you know, they're heavy metal and I'm electronic. But we kind of understood 
you know, at what it is to be a musician and a producer. Yes. And we'd like, oh, people would think, oh, you're just going to stay in your lane. That's my whole thing is like, I don't want to just interview trance artists or right. EDM artists. I interview people from Nashville. I interview like classical musicians from Berlin. Um, Love it. It doesn't really matter to me if it's cool. And I, you know, I like everything. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk to anybody. <laughs> I love it. It it's, it's, it makes for amazing connections and we learn and grow about our, uh, with ourselves as well. I learned so much about myself with every individual that I get to meet like this globally. And it's just so fun being on your show today. It's just awesome to connect with you and get to hear your experiences and, and see it through your eyes as well, because we tend to get a little tunnel visioned and to broaden out like this and be willing to meet others that love the same things that we love, that are pursuing their dreams and their interests and their passions. It's just really, really fantastic. So do you have planned going plans for any other projects going past this project or you're going to focus on this EP? I'm still very focused on this EP, but yes, I would love to go back then and and piggyback off of this one and then do the full album. So we'll see what happens in the next year or two as I start mm -hmm. to make those plans. I'm already, you know, hitting around about it, but right now I'm still so knee deep in, in this project and it's taken such a life of its own more than I expected. And I'm, I'm really having just a great time with it, no matter what, even if I didn't do another project, I'm so proud of this one so proud of the success and so proud of what I get to do with it. And that I'm going to have the blessing of performing these songs the rest of my life if I choose to. And then we'll see what happens ahead. I'd love to do some more collaborations with my son. Uh, we had a lot of fun out there over the years and touring together and the songs that he's written. So I'm excited to see in this uh, next venture as well, what Ryan and I can do together and maybe get back out and do some live performances together as well. He's really talented. That's awesome. And so are you, do you have any scheduled dates that the people in our audience would know about? Like you're getting ready to do uh, anything that you could kind of tell us about? I do not. It's been so much virtual, like yesterday to do that great speaking event. I do have some private events. I don't have any public events coming up. The things that I do have booked are all private events, business events, mm -hmm. things like that, that I also get to perform. So I'm, I'm real thankful what? for that because again, it keeps me in my lane, but I, I think that we are probably going to put together a virtual concert coming up here at the end of the year. I'm going to have uh, awesome. my son and get the rest of the band together. So I think I'm going to actually offer up and, and promote a virtual concert so that I can reach a lot of the audience that I've gotten to know through promoting this EP for the last eight months. Yeah, I do that. Like you see all my modes and stuff behind me. Yeah. I've got like a three camera like system and I actually do like actual live broadcast from my bedroom. Perfect. And, and so I've been doing that since 2016, before the pandemic. Right, I found right. To, to actually perform. And that's how I kind of got known is I would do these crazy live performances from my bedroom. And, 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 you know, there's all the idea of the bedroom producer, right? Like, I mean, right, no, right. No. yeah, that's what I'm one of those. <laughs> oh, that's but, um, awesome. Yeah, it's just a different type of mindset. But I mean, I would go to New York and Boston and play live shows and um, mm -hmm. uh, before the pandemic. And I want to get back into that because I actually right. had a booking agent and the kind of stuff I'm into it. Like, I could play Berlin, I could go to South Korea, I could go to Tokyo because nice. that's like where the people that are into what I do, they're right. in a, those kind of niche places. But yeah, it's just interesting how far your music can go because you actually find there are people digging you in Tokyo. There's people right. digging you in Latvia. You know, I, I found out there was this, there's this whole group of people actually in Latvia. I was like, wow. I never Isn't even, that I didn't fun? Even, I didn't even know anything about it. I said, I need to read about Latvia because I don't right. know. I found I was getting a lot of uh, a lot of plays and a lot of hits to my website out in the Netherlands. I was like, wow, I'm getting I'm getting great traction. I've got, you know, a lot of radio stations out there that have picked up the music. I'm like, how cool is that? 
I love well, it. It's it's awesome. cool. Yeah, because like, you know, I actually lived in Tokyo in 2004 for like two years. Wow. And I, I really love the Japanese uh, scene because I would go to these clubs and you have people channeling Coltrane. You know, nice. people channeling like, like, like Led Zeppelin. And you have yeah. people channeling, they, they, they would have their own Japanese interpretation of all this Western music and then their own music. And right. I was just right. fascinated about how they would interpret some of the Western bands. And it mm -hmm. was just really, really interesting. And I got really enamored by just going with my friends at night to these Japanese clubs and watching these bands be able to do that. And I'm like, wow, it's not really a copy. It's like they've incorporated it into their own yes. thing. And that to me was like, wow, that's fantastic. And you were so, really able to immerse into that and really feel it yeah. and live it for a while, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I just think the, being in different cultures is really cool. And the fact that your music can affect other cultures, I think that's awesome. In the Netherlands, people are like kicking the Amy Scruggs and they're like, wow, I never <laughs> thought that was going to happen. It's like, that, that's cool. That's awesome. <sighs> well, thank you for being on the program. We love to have people, uh, different artists from all over the world come on our show. And you know, we've been live on our Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And actually, we're on Twitter now. That's a cool thing. Um, but we will be on Spotify later tonight. We'll be on Apple podcast and uh, Newsly and a bunch of other ones. So yeah, you'll be able to see this like in multiple places and tell your fans about it. Uh, thank you very much for being on the program. It was so great to be with you today. We're going to start the movement, getting live music in more conventions. Great to be here today. That's a really good thing. I need to, oh, yeah, I'm actually going to focus on, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good pitch. That's a very good pitch. Thank you very much for being on the show. Have a great weekend. Um, and we'll hopefully we'll talk to you again or we'll run into you somewhere. Uh, I would love it. Trying, trying to get out there. So you never know what stage we might be on. Thank you very much. You got much. a great show here. Thank you so much.